When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Well, we have got another beautiful day on the way to end the month of August. Good morning, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. So glad you're spending some time with us on this Wednesday morning. Sunshine on the way today. It's actually going to be a little on the warm side. 84 are expected high. Sunshine tomorrow and 84. Sunshine on Friday, 86 degrees as we move into September. Labor Day weekend looks very nice as well with not much of a chance of rain. Good news if you're planning some outdoor activities. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, has weather details. And school bells are ringing around the state of Wisconsin, and that includes the Milwaukee Vincent School Program, where agriculture education is getting some new emphasis. Carrie Mess is going to have that story for us coming up later this morning. It is time for Oktoberfest. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here for Judy and the crew at Bavaria's Sausage Kitchen, and they are ready to celebrate. Did you know that Oktoberfest actually stretches back to 1810 as far as its origins? But the focal point is about getting together and enjoying great food. And Judy and the crew at Bavaria's Sausage Kitchen have you all set. Remember their retail location, corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road in Fitchburg, They're open Monday through Friday, 9 until 5, or open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at BavariaSausage.com or Bavaria Sausage on Facebook. And they are definitely ready to celebrate. They've got their Oktoberfest Bratwurst Sampler available now. That's a pound of Knockwurst, a pound of their Red Lager Beer Brat, and a pound of Nuremberger Bratwurst. What a great way to literally celebrate all the flavors of Oktoberfest. Remember, Bavaria Sausage Kitchen, it's all about the meat, it's all about the spices and the tradition. BavariaSausage.com. Demand for slots in various schools and our colleges vary. Education seems to be down a little bit. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, but when you get down to the College of Agriculture, things change. At the UW School of Veterinary Medicine, it looks like things are Humming along pretty good, Pam. Yeah, you know, and it's actually kind of a continuing story. You started it with uh, Dean Dale Gallenberg from UW-River Falls. One comment he made was that they continue to see strong interest in their pre-vet school. Well, guess what? School of Veterinary Medicine in Madison is the same situation. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison got a chance to talk about it with Dr. Mark Markell. He is the dean of the School of Veterinary Medicine on the UW-Madison campus. Not only are they undergoing a major renovation and remodel on that facility, they're also starting the class of 2026. And while you think, well, they're expanding, they're remodeling, that means more students will be available to enter the college In reality, that's not the case. I talked to Dr. Markell and just asked him to explain what the class looks like and how they're planning for the future. We had the largest number of applicants to veterinary school ever this past year, which is around 1,900 applicants for 96 slots. 62 of those are residents of the state of Wisconsin. The other 34 are non-residents from some other state. Mm -hmm. And so very competitive. Um, As you know, I'm the past president of what's called the American Association of Veterinary Medical Colleges, which is all the veterinary medical schools in the world that are accredited. And 
it has been a dramatic increase in the number of people that want to go to veterinary school over the last three years, almost 20, 22% more applicants than we had even three years ago. You know, that's some crazy numbers, statistically speaking. So how do you guys vet 1,900 down to 96? It can't all be academics. What other elements enter in to that selection process, Mark? So we have what we call a holistic admissions policy, and we train our admissions committee led by our folks in the Office of Academic Affairs Mm -hmm. on what is the appropriate way to be able to judge people. So certainly there are academic criteria that we look at initially, but what we really are focused on after we get past these basic academic credentials that mean that you're going to be successful when Mm -hmm. you're here is looking at a a diversity of backgrounds and talents. So it could be socioeconomic, it could be rural versus urban, Mm -hmm. it could be large animal versus small animal, it could be whether you're have a research interest versus a clinical interest in companion animals or food mm-hmm. animals or horses, et cetera. And so we really try to pull that whole component in, really focused on trying to create a diverse class of diverse backgrounds, um, not only gender diversity, which as you know, and we've talked about nationally, it's about 85% women. Wow. So really trying to help in that process by having, certainly we'll never get down to a 50-50 mix, but certainly try not to have us be 100% mm-hmm. one gender versus another. The same as far as socioeconomic backgrounds, mm-hmm. first-generation students, mm-hmm. as well as um, uh, racial and cultural mm-hmm. diversity as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, that being said, tell me a little bit more about these students. You mentioned rural versus urban, large animal versus small animal. How healthy are those balances, Mark? We're probably better than almost any veterinary school in the country. We really focus on trying to find students with large animal interest, depending on the class. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you mm-hmm. can't ever guarantee what somebody's going to decide well, to sure. do in the end. But mm-hmm. as far as on the admission side, mm-hmm. somewhere between 20 and sometimes 25% of our incoming class expresses interest in either large or mixed mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. Nationally, that number is more like 5%. So we do much better there. There are some significant issues facing the equine practitioner world and the American Association of Equine Practitioners is looking at that because those students, when they graduate, are starting at about 20 to 25% lower salary than the students that are interested in companion animal. And they're also working much harder and longer. So the whole equine industry is really trying to focus on how do we attract people to not only come into equine practice, but stay there after you're in it. Well, you know, that's any veterinarian, even small animals, going to struggle to pay off those loans when they first get started. And when we talk about rural, especially Wisconsin, you have really tried very hard to make sure that this school is giving back to the state of Wisconsin, serving the state of Wisconsin. How are we doing there? So we're doing really well on that front. Um, It it varies a little bit year over year, but about um, 55% of all of our students stay in the state to practice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's a mix, as we talked about earlier, of about 62 or two-thirds of the class is residents of the state. About 70% of them stay in the state. Mm -hmm. And those that don't, often they go to the Chicago area. So they're not far away, but they're not officially in Wisconsin. And then of our in-state students, excuse me, our out-of-state students, Fewer of them obviously stay in the state because they came from some other state, but some of them stay as well. So overall, it's about a little over half of our graduates stay in the state and practice. Hey, we've been trying to raise awareness on uh, different programs to try to help students pay off those expensive loans to become a veterinarian if they'll promise to stay in Wisconsin. Are these programs, from what you're hearing, Dean Markell, are they working? 
So there is a program that's a loan forgiveness program that is federally created. Um, the state veterinarian decides which counties in the state of Wisconsin, mm -hmm. typically it's around five, mm -hmm. um, that are underserved as far as veterinarians. And if somebody decides to go practice there, they'll then have a portion of their loans forgiven during the years that they're in practice there. So that's been relatively successful. It's still, you know, the average student here probably graduates with around $130,000 worth of debt, which is lower than the national average, which is $185,000 worth of mm -hmm. debt. But it will allow them to forgive a, a portion of that, but not all of it, unfortunately. So we still need to keep focusing on that issue for sure. You know, you mentioned about the challenges that those equine practitioners walk into. What about other large animal? And forgive me, Dean Markell, but, you know, this is the farm show, and we are kind of thinking about our bovine, our beef cattle, things like that. What about those folks? We had discussed before the isolation factors, a young person that goes into a rural community that not don't have a lot of family around. Tell me about how those are all playing in here. So interestingly, uh, those that go into dairy practice do incredibly well because they're trained by, you know, our dairy practitioners, which are considered the best in the world. Mm -hmm. they, they have a, a program called the Dairyland Initiative, which we've mm -hmm. talked about in the past, which really serves dairy producers, the actual farmers, um, veterinarians that work in those practices, as well, as well as contractors and builders who are building these facilities, obviously often dependent on milk prices and or feed prices. But um, our students who graduate and go into dairy practice do equivalently well to those that go into companionable practice as far as salaries. Okay. They're obviously managing incredibly large dairies, um, often some of those Dairies are so large that they might have a single veterinarian that is managing the whole dairy. So they do well. It's more that mixed practitioner, um, small ruminant, you know, maybe beef to yeah. some extent, yeah. uh, which isn't a huge industry here like yeah. swine isn't, but certainly important. Yeah. Uh, they probably are more challenged, um, but it's the one that's been called out the most is the equine side, primarily because, well, for a number of different reasons. But since the Great Recession in the early 2010s, yeah. The current thought is there's half as many horses as there were in 2010 as there are today in the United States. So that mm. is a challenge as, as far as trying to support, yeah, you know, those practitioners that are taking care of those animals. Well, let's uh, focus on today going forward. Fantastic expansion that's currently underway for the school. Congratulations on that. But it is going to make it a little tricky for new students that may not be familiar with the campus, a lot of construction underway. But tell me what you hope those students see when they come through all the dust. So there's no dust in the building, <laughs> Pam. There might be dust outside. But um, what they see, I hope, is this three-story building with a four-story for mechanical actively being constructed. And I'm welcoming the class of 2026 in about a week and a half. Mm -hmm. And in two years, they're going to be in all these spaces. Yeah. And so really it's meant, you know, what I try to have them focus on is not so much what is the negative impact of me trying to get here, <laughs> you know, whether get to the parking yeah. ramp or get to the building over the next year. But our plan is, as um, Christy highlighted earlier, is that they're going to be in the, in the new building next yeah. fall, a year from now. And we'll have completely remodeled this building and created our new large animal arena mm -hmm. by the following year. So literally anybody in the first two years of classes will be able to enjoy those spaces. And these are really designed to enhance the education of our students and really create better veterinarians, more well-trained veterinarians when they graduate. So you mentioned 1,900 applicants. You 
took 96. Is that number going to change with this new space? Sadly, no. Um, the, the challenge we have is the new space is great as far as the hospital teaching area. So mm -hmm. we potentially could take many more students in their fourth year. Okay. But we still have our original two lecture halls, mm -hmm. our, our original laboratory spaces, which literally are at maximum capacity of about 96. Mm -hmm. I've begun, which will not be in my era as dean, <laughs> talking about creating a new vet med education building. Mm -hmm which would allow us to expand. If we had the space to do it, I think we could um, expand by probably 25 or 30%, get up to in the mid 120s. Mm -hmm. um, there are three new veterinary schools being created right now. A lot of schools are trying to expand their class size because there's a tremendous shortage mm -hmm. of veterinarians nationwide as well as worldwide, as well as veterinary technicians. And uh, many schools are trying to address that. As you know, and we've talked about, we increased our class size from 80 to 96. Mm -hmm four years ago, so now all of our classes are at 96. Mm -hmm. And so tried to address that issue, but we basically have pushed up against what our capacity is, unfortunately. Right. Incredible. That's Dr. Mark Markell. He is the dean of the School of Veterinary Medicine on the UW-Madison campus. Like he said, a record number of applicants for the 90 available slots for the class of 2026 and the construction project to the tune of about $151 million well underway. He believes that they'll have basically three different open houses as various phases of that construction project open to the public. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. It's Preston from Window World. I hear too many stories of people being held hostage through a three-hour window appointment and pressured to sign now for a project that's worth a small fortune. At Window World, we take as much or as little time as you have and provide a clear, easy-to-read estimate right on the spot. Don't think your window project is out of reach because some companies ruined your experience. Call the best value in your area. Window World. Call Window World. You'll be glad you did. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. So I became a Farm Bureau member almost 20 years ago to be part of the state's largest egg advocacy group. Plenty of opportunities within Farm Bureau for somebody that's involved in agriculture, whether to grow their leadership or to help be a leader in an industry that we have a great passion for. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Experienced electricians come join our team. Here's Dan, a commercial journeyman for Ever Ready Electric. Family company, they take care of people, they take care of their workers. There's a lot of benefits to working for Ever Ready, including the fact that when you work on your education, they do reimburse you for that time. They're very good about sick time and very good about family. Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at everreadyelectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are Ever Ready. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I'll tell you what was sweet. The weather yesterday. Humidity was gone. The sunshine was out. It was a glorious day and a great day to uh, have a quick uh, meeting and reception with the new dean of the College of Ag and Life Sciences on the UW-Madison campus. That's Dean uh, Glenda Gillespie. She was uh, along with us at the West Ag Research Station yesterday. It was a gorgeous day, Stu, all the way around. I'm hoping we can try to string a few of those together. Oh, why not? Sounds like a good idea. And what about the winds? I, I was hearing some crazy wind gusts. I don't know if it was the upper Midwest or where it was, but it caught my attention. There was a little wind gust yesterday on and off. I think we're going to see a little more of that on toward Friday. Uh, that has to do with the frontal boundary finally building in from the West. But until that time, just kind of typical, a nice breeze. That's great drying. I know they're making hay in my neighborhood everywhere right now with a frontal boundary way off to our east way in the New England states. That's where there's some rain today. Another weak front is just trying to drop south of the Canadian border. Don't have much fear about that. That little front will linger over toward eastern and northeast Wisconsin by late in the week. More so it's the system out of the west. And I mentioned yesterday, I thought a warm front would probably head on into the Dakotas by later Thursday or into the day Friday, uh, right around that boundary. Then as low pressure drives toward the U.S.-Canadian border is when those breezes could pick up. The rain chance may even develop at La Crosse or Mauston toward late Friday afternoon. I think all of us see a little rain chance Friday night may linger into early Saturday in eastern Wisconsin. Not a whole lot of rain, up to a quarter inch maybe a half inch in a thunderstorm and then dries out and stays comfortable right through Labor Day right into next week. I'll have forecast details right after this. Whether it's the sound of the carnival or the taste of the cotton candy or your first blue ribbon, we all have memories of the fair. Here's your chance to share those stories in our Everybody Has a Fair Story contest. The Midwest Farm Report is teaming up with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs to offer cash prizes for your fair stories. Entries are being accepted all summer long and there is no limit, so tell us all of your stories. To enter and see full contest details, visit MidwestFarmReport.com. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFinn Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpeller milk receiver pump, patented by McFinn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. All righty, Stu, let's have some of those details for today heading towards the weekend. Well, it looks really nice at this point, and our Compure Financial Ag Weather update is for a sunny day. A lot of low 80s could be toward the mid-80s at La Crosse with the west winds 5 to 10, maybe gusting to 15. Clear skies overnight, upper 50s, a low 60 here or there. Northwest winds at 5. Sunny Thursday, another great day heading toward the low and mid-80s as the winds become south about 5, and that rain chance may pop up very late Friday as we look toward the western part of the state, otherwise mostly sunny Friday, mid-80s, and southwest winds 5 to 15 and a bit gusty. More likely, it's late Friday night into Saturday, Pam. We get just a little rainfall. We cool it off a bit for Saturday and into Sunday and warm it back up, sounding nice right into next week. So probably dry for Labor Day weekend, huh? After that, uh, what may linger Saturday morning in the east, yes. Then it dries out and sounds really pleasant. All right, very good. We'll catch up with you tomorrow, Stu, and see if any of those details are refined.
Absolutely. See you later. All right. Stu Mock, our ag meteorologist, bringing you the weather details that you're looking for on a Wednesday morning, the final day of August. And it's all brought to you courtesy of our friends from Compure Financial. Compure Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit Compure.com. School bells are ringing across the state of Wisconsin, and that means our agriculture educators are getting back in gear And that's not just in rural communities. Following up on that story as the Wednesday show unfolds. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You would never overpay for something if you knew you could get the product for much less elsewhere. Much like you wouldn't pay $6 a gallon for gas if the pump down the street was charging the fair market price of $4, would you? So why pay more than MSRP on your next Chevy truck? Bergstrom Chevrolet is a local, family-owned company that values your dollar as much as you do, so you never pay above manufacturer's suggested retail price. And Bergstrom has the inventory to fill your fleet or fix you up with a truck that's going to pull your toys. So go ahead, shop around, and compare that final cost. If the guys down the street are blowing smoke up your tailpipe, jacking up the price on their Chevy trucks stop by bergstrom chevrolet where you never get charged over msrp the young farmer and agriculturist program is for our younger farm bureau members up to 35 years of age and that is where a lot of our contests take place which was something that i had the opportunity to do through the discussion meet as well as achievement It's a program you should really look into. WFBF.com. It opened up opportunities for me. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When you're planning your remodeling project, you'll want to know where every penny is spent. Not just one big fat bid out of nowhere. AF Construction explains your plan one item at a time. Their line item estimates spell out everything, showing you exactly what you're getting. AF Construction, your local hands-on remodeling contractor, offering line item estimates and eye-popping results. For your free consultation, visit afconstructionllc.com. Get ready for a remarkable new look. Not only is William Thomas Custom Jewelry known for creating unique pieces, they're unique in their approach. They actually encourage you to shop around at other jewelry stores first. You'll quickly realize that William Thomas is no doubt your forever jewelry resource. Experience William Thomas Custom Jewelry. They'll help you create a -a one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear from day one. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. So I became a Farm Bureau member almost 20 years ago to be part of the state's largest egg advocacy group. 
plenty of opportunities within Farm Bureau for somebody that's involved in agriculture, whether to grow their leadership or to help be a leader in an industry that we have a great passion for. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. This looks like a car. Has tires, headlights, a hood, windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. We're known for our sweet moves, but what you might not know is that we can store your stuff too. Yep, from one day to one year. We can hold on to your things on our trucks or in our warehouse. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the unexpected storage move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things, well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these before. I think they understand what's at stake. Certainly, it's your least fun time of the year anytime you have to make some of those decisions. But there's also a lot of opportunity because you're not talking about just the 53. You're talking about 16 practice squad players, too. So, you know, you don't have to make quite as much movement as you had to, you know, a few years back. There he is, Matt LaFleur, talking about getting that roster down to 53 men, someone who would never be cut. Our guy Mike Clemens in the house. Good morning, Mike. Nate Becker still have a job? I'm not sure. I'm double-checking the literature. Good morning, Ebo. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing really good. Better than some of these players being cut, unfortunately. Um, well, they did get rid of Sal Canella, the tight end that, uh, you know, I tweeted during the game the other night. It's like, dude, you got a little over two minutes left in the game. You're driving downfield. The six foot five kid out of Auburn man, Mike makes a nice little short catch on the right-hand side. And then stays in bounds. Like what? What are you? What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, mental errors like that. Um, Kyle Byers is a big defensive uh, lineman, six foot three, out of Missouri. He was released earlier this morning. Dexter Williams, the running back that they brought back, because for a couple of days there in camp they were a little short. Kylan Hill, they put him on the PUP. He was the return man. Uh, they're number three back last year, so he won't be able to play for the first four weeks coming over that uh, torn ACL. So Dexter Williams is a former draft pick out of Notre Dame, uh, but it looks like they'll release him, and he probably will not go to practice squad. But whether or not uh, they keep both Tyler Goodson or Patrick Taylor for either you know Patrick's uh, pass protection or Goodson as a as a return guy or special teams or, you know, back up to Aaron Jones, that remains to be seen. So Mike, I'm looking here and this is one is kind of a surprise to me. I just, I, I know when you were hopping on here, it just had happened. Uh, but the Packers had waived uh, Jawan Winfrey. Was this a kind of a, 
a shock? Didn't Aaron Rodgers kind of give him a little nod and some compliments in camp? Exactly, Ebo. That's the first thing you say is, wait a minute now. I mean, a couple of times, Aaron Rodgers not only talked about Romeo Dobbs, but look at number 88, Jawan Winfrey, a guy who, you know, when they were evaluating last fall, last November, what was going to happen in the offseason, it's like, you know, if Mark Valdez scaling gets a big offer, we're not paying for it because we think Jawan could be the next kind of MVS kind of guy. But you know what? That's also a Christian Watson thing, you know? Yeah. Just in the last week that he's been back and out there and from what they already saw and how smart he is, that's their tall, fast guy. And then Dobbs with, you know, just the kind of the gritty guy that he isn't over there. And, you know, somebody asked me the other day, well, so who do you think could be the surprise cuts? I said, well, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is here, is Mercedes Lewis or Randall Cobb still here? Let's start there, shall right. we? Yeah. Right? Uh, because, they, you know, they've, they've had plenty of good receivers that look like they've got a lot of potential. But, you know, you know this is where you see guys like Jawan, they're going to get cut because they're holding on to some of those veterans in those spots. Uh, Mike Clemens joining us right now. Be sure to check him out and follow him on Twitter. Always some amazing stuff in Mike Clemens NFL. So, Mike, looking here, I mean, Matt LaFleur was talking about it, and they got out ahead of it before, you know, today, what, 3 o'clock is the, is the deadline. But Ty Summers, uh, the linebacker, what, 2019 seventh-round pick was released. And what if, uh, I know you had sent the audio and, uh, you, from LaFleur, but what did LaFleur have to say about getting some of these guys out ahead of time before 3 o'clock? Because he's, he's trying to kind of help them out and find another job, is he not? Yeah, and, you know, uh, it's a, when you look at Isaiah McDuffie and the camp that he had and the things that he was putting together, it was getting. And then, of course, you know, you use your first round pick on Quay Walker, that pushes Ty Summers back to fourth, to fifth, to sixth, um, seventh round pick. Um, on always a, a kid that played with you know a lot of heart, smart, very articulate, a great kid to be around. Um, Ty Summers could be a football lifer maybe someday as a coach. And I just asked Gutekinds a couple of weeks ago. I said, you remember that camp? I think it was 05. And, you know, when you were bringing in, you still had Javon Walker, maybe it was a year or two later when they also had brought in Greg Jennings. There was a guy that was an over-the-middle pass catcher named Robert Ferguson. Remember him? Playing with Favre. And, you know, but he'd had some injuries. But, yeah, the first couple of weeks in camp, and, hey, it looks like Robert's doing pretty good and got that great upper body, and you could throw the ball over the middle. And Ted cut him like two weeks into camp. It was a shocker. <laughs> and Ted came up and said, you know what, we just know at the end of the day there probably is not going to be room there for him at the back of the line, and we hope that he catches on with another team. And he did. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, school bells are ringing across the state of Wisconsin. How are we going to feed those kids? Well, the U.S. Department of Agriculture partnering with the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection to try to feed them what's grown locally. We've got stories on that. And speaking of school bells, when I talk to you about agriculture education, I bet a lot of folks figure that agriculture education in the FFA is only happening in rural school districts, but that's not the case. For a while now, Milwaukee Vincent High School has put an emphasis on agriculture education, and that is continuing this school year. Carrie Mess is going to have that story for us coming up. I'm Pam Yankee. Glad you're along with us. This is, of course, the 31st day of August. On this day back in 1997, Princess Di died in a car crash. Former wife of Charles, 
uh, heir apparent to the British crown, fatally injured when the driver of her car lost control while speeding away from paparazzi, crashed into a tunnel in Paris. Princess Di passes away on this day back in 1997. On this day in 1994, Russian troops finally leave Estonia three years after Estonia declared independence from the Soviet Union. Kind of a slice in time if you think about what's happening today. Happy birthday to actor Richard Gere. He is 73. And First Lady, former Sue Ann Thompson, celebrating a birthday today as well. Wife of former Governor Tommy Thompson. And now you know. It's a Wednesday, and that means it's time for us to catch up with our friends from the Steffes Group, S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. Ashley, you and joining us as we get ready to head toward uh, Labor Day weekend. It doesn't mean much to you guys, does it? No, it seems <laughs> like uh, we just keep working and working and piling the auctions on. So uh, we're busy, you know, and, and not only that, I know you and I have talked about our new facility here in Litchfield that we're moving south, so we're doing some site prep right now and uh hopefully by let's cross your fingers november 1st we'll be moved over there well nice nice yeah and let's hope that everything goes smooth there you know the other thing that i want people to remember aside from listening to ashley here on the radio you can get up to speed on the changing uh schedules and uh hot items that the Steffes group's working with if you just go to their website and kind of get signed up for their daily or or weekly updates. I noticed you have a, kind of a big sale that is either ongoing or almost done, huh, Ashley? Yeah, so on Monday we had the Kibble Equipment Auction, and, and Kibble's been a partner with us for, for many years. They do a couple sales a year. Um, and, again, if you really want to get a pulse on what late model equipment is doing and selling for, uh, just go back to that auctions, click on uh, um, archived auctions, and just, go in there and browse around. I mean, we're talking uh, some big cat tractors, a lot of John Deere four-wheel drives, front-wheel assist, and a big slew of combines that we sold on Monday. Wow. Holy man. When you say a slew of, how many and what kinds of different makes? Yeah, so, yeah, so just uh, just for perspective, it was close to a $6 million auction uh, if you add it all up. So quite, quite a bunch of late model stuff. But, you know, when you got combines that are bringing – uh, 225000 It doesn't take too many of them to add up to a lot of money. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yes, absolutely. And uh, like I mentioned to folks, if they kind of want to keep, I guess, posted on those kinds of happenings, am, am I correct? All they need to do is really sign up at uh, stephisgroup.com and they'll get an email just like me? Yeah, yeah. Go log in. You know, some of that comes through social media, too. Uh, so they do email blasts and I do they do Facebook and Instagram updates. You know, just uh, showing you the top sales for the week or and also what's upcoming that week. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, Ashley, when we talk about Ashley Hewn along with us from the Steffes Group, uh, happy to see, obviously, those big sales with all those kinds of combines. Tell me a little bit about the, the feeling you're getting with farmland. Uh, it kind of goes back to something you told me probably a month ago. When interest rates start going up, people start paying attention to inflation. You you guys in the auction business have already been there, done that for a little while. What are you feeling as far as farmland? Yeah, so if we just go back to the leading indicators, whether it's land or machinery, um, number one, first and foremost, is commodity prices. And that kind of trumps the other two, which is production uh, and what the interest rates are is the third one. So, you know, interest rates have creeped up. 
I can't say that it's affected the farmland or the equipment yet. You know, that, that, that is going to be down the road. Um, you know, if commodities start dropping or something like that, but everything is so strong. Uh, there's so little equipment to be had, you know, you drive past the dealer lots and they're empty. And, you know, in some cases, the only place that you can find some of this stuff is on an auction or retirement. Uh, so the prices are still high. But, you know, that story isn't over till the end of the year, I guess. Well, yeah. And <laughs> just wait and see what the end of the year could look like this year. Like you said, got commodity prices that are so mm-hmm. far, knock on wood, looking fine. Uh, that may mean a lot of people are looking at investing in some hard goods with some of that extra cash, huh? Yeah. And I think things are going to be strong. You know, uh, the Pro Tour just got over and their estimates are significantly lower than what the USDA is. And so, if you know, even if it ends up somewhere in the middle there, uh, we're just going to have strong prices through the end of the year for sure. Boy, stay on top of it, folks. That's Ashley Hewen with the Steffes Group. You can find them, as he said, all over social media or on their website. That's steffesgroup.com, S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. And like we said, uh, if you're talking about it in the news, you're hearing it on the radio or something such as that, the folks at the Steffes Group have probably already been living it for a few weeks. Check it out, steffesgroup.com. Ashley Hewen along with us on a Wednesday. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Water hemp. It has been a part of conversations across the state of Wisconsin for a while now, and every year the volume of the conversations about water hemp seems to increase. Dr. Rodrigo Worley, University Extension Weed Specialist, has been trying to address the spreading problem of water hemp for a while. We've been doing lots of work over the past four years uh, with this uh, very, very challenging weed, very challenging weed. Every year we learn uh, something new. And it's, it's just one of those that I call it job security for us, Pam, because it, it keeps evolving to everything uh, we're trying to do. And WaterHemp is one of the amazing ones because if you look at all the innovation that's coming towards the crop detection, you know, as, particularly as it pertains to weed management, everything is targeted at WaterHemp right now. WaterHemp or Palmer Amaranth in other parts uh, of the country. So it's amazing how challenging uh, the speed weeds are uh, to our growers out there. Whether it's a lot or a little, we need your rainfall reports. The Rural Mutual Rainfall Report is on. Text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from because every month we'll pick a winner for a digital weather station courtesy Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Text those rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. It was a bit of a wild ride yesterday in Chicago. Dow Jones Industrial Average was lower, and so were our commodities. Some of the same patterns are in place this morning. Dow Jones Industrial Average right now is down more than uh, 10 points. December corn's down 6.5 at 670. November soybeans are down 6.5, 1426. September wheat is up 2 right now at $8 even, but December wheat's down a nickel at 815. 
Yesterday in Chicago, as far as the dairy complex was concerned, saw the barrel cheese finish a penny lower at 185. 40-pound block cheese was up three and a half cents at 175, and the double A butter that dropped three and a quarter cents to 305 a pound. Fluid milk contracts for September that closed a dime lower at 1979 a hundredweight. October milk is currently 13 cents lower at 1997 a hundredweight couple quick reminders as far as calendar items are concerned. Don't forget, coming up September 9th through the 11th, it's time for the Wisconsin Sheep and Wool Festival. They're celebrating 20 years of that event held at the Jefferson County Fair Park in Jefferson. And it's not just about sheep. They have got literally over 100 different classes in fiber arts that they're going to be offering the general public. They'll also have stock dog trials going on at the same time. So if you want to learn about the sheep industry in Wisconsin or the fiber arts industry in Wisconsin, it is a great place to start. You can go to the website and find out more, wisconsinsheepandwoolfestivals.com. Yes, you spell it all out, wisconsinsheepandwoolfestival.com. Next week, we'll be talking with one of the original organizers, Bob Black from Columbus, about that big show. But you can check it out today, wisconsinsheepandwoolfestival.com. Coming up next, when I talk about agriculture education, I bet you think it's only in rural school districts. Not the case. We'll tell you a story about a Milwaukee high school that's thriving with agriculture education. Stick around. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Nobody knows windows like Wanakee Remodeling. Voted the best window company in Madison 10 years straight, our Renewal by Anderson windows are the most weather-tight, highest quality, and most durable on the market. Make sure you eliminate your old window and door problems. Go with the most trusted name in windows, Renewal by Anderson from Wanakee Remodeling. Trusting someone else enough to pack up your stuff for the big move usually doesn't happen. Our employees are like family and have been with us for a very long time. You can feel comfortable with them packing things up and moving them. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the all in the family move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. People you know. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Tracti LLC, a leader in steel buildings, is growing and now adding to their team. Tracti is now hiring builders and electricians. You work at the same place every day and you rarely have to fight the elements. Schedules are stable and pay is competitive. Enjoy a tool belt full of benefits including medical, dental, paid vacation, holiday, and more. Join Tracti now and receive a $2,500 sign-on bonus. Apply in person or online at T-R-A-C-H-T-E-U-S-A.com. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. What does a 70-acre forest, hedgehogs, a sheep herd, and Milwaukee have in common? You can find students learning about all of these topics and more at Milwaukee Vincent High School. This is Carrie Mess for the Midwest Farm Report. Milwaukee Vincent High School is located on the northwest side of Milwaukee. Gail Krause, Agriculture Program Specialist, shares more about this unique agriculture-based school in the heart of Milwaukee. Gail, tell me more about how this unique high school works. We have six pathways here at Vincent. When students enter Vincent High School um, as freshmen, they get to take an exploratory survey class where they visit each of the pathways. Those are agribusiness and entrepreneurship, animal science, culinary arts, environmental science, food science, and horticulture. So they kind of get a a good piece of each one of those. And then as sophomores and juniors, they get to dive deeper into a pathway of their choice. We are lucky we have a teacher for each pathway. So we do have six teachers, which is nice because they're dedicated just to that pathway. And then we're also working really hard to provide other experiences for the students here at Vincent to work on the farm or in the garden, in the greenhouse. We have a lot of different things happening. We also have a forest, an urban forest that we're starting to grow. We have 2,700 trees planted. Um, Within that 2,700 trees, there's an arboretum and also an orchard of about 34 trees. So giving students experiences on the grounds here because we do have about 70 acres, which is quite crazy for an urban school in Milwaukee. Um, But, you know, it's giving them the opportunity to learn and explore and actually hands-on with agriculture because our students are students that live in the inner city. We're a school of about 700 students, and they come on buses every day. A lot of our students have economic challenges, and um, some of these students have never left Milwaukee. So it's seeing animals, farm animals, and gardens, and forests and stuff is something they've never done. Gail, what does a typical school schedule look like for a student there? You're still doing your core classes, but then the rest of the classes are kind of ag-based across those six different categories? Yeah, so so when students are freshmen, they have their core classes. They have their math, their science, their English. They have all of those. They also have the opportunity to take music or or they have their physical education classes. Some of those classes, and actually a lot of those classes, incorporate some of our agriculture stuff. Um, they try really hard. Biology's got a growing tower and, and does some hydroponic. We have um, a science teacher that does a lot of comparative anatomy with animals versus humans and animals against different animals. So there's a lot of things that are happening. We're trying to be more intentional in the core classes, but students do have all the core classes. And then, you know, freshmen, they have a whole year of agriculture classes, same with their sophomore year. And then once they get to their junior year, they're actually, we're on block schedule, so a lot of classes are every other day. But once they get to their junior year, they're in the ag program every day. They spend a good two hours every day down here, what we call the ag wing, and have some more hands-on experiences. Your students, are they there based on like your typical geographic defined school area, or do they apply to come to Vincent? How does that It's a little bit of everything. Some students are just placed here. Some students live in the area. Some students came here because, you know, they had a parent come here or a sibling. They come from all over. The busing in Milwaukee is a little different. There is a line, but it's a really far line. So we have students coming from all over, all over the city coming to Vincent. You mentioned parents were Vincent graduates. How long has Vincent been an ag-based high school? When Vincent started in the early 70s, 
they had an ag focus. They had two focuses. It was international studies and agriculture. So they had those two focuses. Those went on until about the early 90s when the program was eliminated due to budget cuts and restructuring. Then they brought back the agriculture program in 2012-2013. was the first year they started with, with one teacher, and then we've grown ever since. We lost students to other schools because of COVID, and we really, this is the first year we're really fully back in and feel like it's kind of a normal year. Um, we were off for a good year and a half. We didn't come back till 2021, and that was part-time. It was fall of 2021. We're still getting back into it. Um, I think that the other thing is, you know, we're doing some f- freeze-drying of some products, learning more about different processes and and prevention and um, preservation of food. We're also doing a lot more of getting students out into the industry and getting them placements and jobs. We have some students at the zoo. We have some students that are looking at working at 100-acre farms in Milwaukee. So a lot of different opportunities for them in the urban setting as well as getting them out there to see what agriculture is all about. Tell me more about what you hope to have in that barn. Uh, We hope to have a, a more solid space for students to actually physically work with the animals. Our current barn is an older barn that we just finally got electricity and water in, so that's been really nice. But what we're hoping to do is move all the animals from the inside also to the outside with the large animals. We we do have a school dog, which is really cool and, and awesome. We also have a large variety of small animals in the building, everything from hedgehog to it's a 37-pound tortoise. We have chinchillas. We have iguanas. We have rabbits. We have fish. We have all kinds of things, but we also have a pony outside. We have a flock of sheep started, South Down sheep that we're working with, and then also a herd of goats that we that we breed and the students look at genetics. So the barn would be being able to hold that, but also giving students the opportunity to actually get in their work. We did have students show at the state fair this year. So the barn would be a barn with some open arena space and then also a classroom. One of the things that students at Vincent High School come from some some heavy trauma. So having having animals has been a huge help for a lot of them. It's kind of an oasis to go into the animal room and and spend time with them and and feel some comfort and show some empathy and and that type of thing. So we hope to increase the the capacity of the program and students can get to the animals easier. Gail Kroos. She is the Milwaukee Vincent Ag Program Specialist talking with our own Carrie Mess on how they are opening eyes to the opportunities that agriculture and food production can hold for students in that Milwaukee urban setting.